You are listening to a Spoken Word Ministries podcast. Our heart is to proclaim the gospel and equip believers for ministry. If you're interested in learning more about our ministry, go to www.swma.ca. You can also find us on Facebook. Now sit back and enjoy this message. Pastor Boyd here. Welcome to November 29, our first Sunday in Advent. The theme of the Sunday is hope. And so it's an interesting passage we have to look at today. It comes out of Mark chapter 13, verse 24 to 37. And it's actually an end times prophecy given by Jesus himself as he describes what the final day is going to look like. So, yeah, interesting passage. And yet it comes with the theme of hope. So we're going to unpack this a little bit. Um, uh, and as we get ready to do that, I'm going to ask you to pray with me. God Almighty, uh, we tell you we love you. We ask you to come and pour out your spirit upon us. Lord, your word says your spirit is, is uh, the spirit of truth and that he leads us into all truth. And that where he is, there is freedom. May this uh, passage, Lord, bring freedom to us as we look to you with hope and as we anticipate what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. I'm going to read the passage, and then I want to I want to just set some context in it, and, and or for it, and then uh, we'll we'll unpack it a bit. But in those days, Jesus says, following that distress, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, men will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory, and he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds. From the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as the twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son of Man, but only the Father. Be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with his assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. So this is God's word to us this morning. Um, It says, in those days following that distress, I want to talk about the distress in a moment, but he's speaking now about that final day. He said, when the second coming happens, and this is what he's talking about now, the sun will be darkened. The moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. I'm reminded of a, going to see a drama, you know, and you walk in and the lights are on and everybody's finding their seats and there's all kinds of stuff that you can look at, people's faces, chairs, furniture, whatever else. Um, and then the lights go out. And what do the lights go out for? They go out to set the stage for what's coming. And that's really the image that we're given here. He says, all available light, the sunlight, the moonlight, the starlight, everything is going to shut down. It's going to go totally black. 
and then Jesus is going to be revealed. He's going to come in the heavens. He's going to come blazing with power and glory. He's going to come surrounded by an army of angels, and he is going to begin to collect his people and draw his people to himself. It says he will actually send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. So everywhere throughout all creation, Jesus is going to collect everyone who has believed in him, and he is going to take us, lift us up in the sky to meet with him, and to ultimately then go into eternity. That's what he's going to do. Um, then it says, now learn this lesson from the fig trees. Um, as soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. So he's giving us an indicator. He's saying, watch for the signs of the times. Just like you look at the trees. I mean, we don't have fig trees around here. We have elm trees and whatever else. But I always know summer is upon us because uh, when summer happens, they start to pop buds and they start to pop leaves. And Jesus says there are going to be indicators that this is about to happen. So be aware of that kind of thing. He says, when you see this, you know that it is near right at the door. So what, what are some of the indicators? We'd have to back up to a previous passage. Um, Jesus says, when you hear war, war of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen. But he said, even though you hear of those things, the end is not here. It is yet to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom in these wars, right? There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. That kind of stuff is on the increase, um, especially the earthquakes, uh, as I've looked at the statistics over the years. He said these are the beginnings of the birth pangs. That's interesting, that idea of birth pangs, because I've stood beside the uh, birth table four times in my life, and I remember when the contraction started to when the baby was born. There's a time, uh, and Jesus is indicating that when these things happen, they are the beginning of the process of the end of the earth, of the collecting of the saints, and of eternity. So it's a time, and it's going to go on uh, for a while. He said, be on your guard. You're going to be handed over to local councils and flogged in the synagogues. Now, he's speaking directly to his disciples, and that's exactly what happened to them. Um, on account of me, you'll stand before governors and kings and witnesses to them. Not, not everybody is going to be in that place. He's not speaking here again to every one of us. Not all of us will stand before a king. Uh, not a, all of us will stand before a governor. He's speaking now to his disciples. This is what's going to happen to you. Um, and he says, and the gospel must be preached to all nations. So he's speaking, you know, as he speaks to our leadership, speaks to his disciples, certainly our leadership too. Uh, today, down through the years, we will stand before governors and kings and give account of ourselves. But then he goes on to say, the, gov the, the gospel must first be preached to all nations. So when we think about the end, we think about the end of time, we think about Jesus coming to get his people. That is not going to happen until, a gov until the, the gospel has been preached around this world to all nations. That has not yet happened. So we know that there's still some time left. And yet, it's interesting because that is that, that this preaching of the gospel happens in the midst of the birth pangs. So the end, the prep for the end has already begun. And the gospel continues to be preached throughout that prep. And then he goes on to talk about some of the difficult things and how hard it's going to be. And he speaks about challenges and struggles and the society starting to come apart and the societal fabric starting to come apart. 
and um, betrayals and all that kind of stuff. So it is going to be rough times when all of this happens. And so having said that, those are the indicators that we're supposed to be looking for. Now Jesus says, when this happens, he says, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Then he goes on, he says, no one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven or the Son, but only the Father. So be on guard, be on the alert. Do you not know, you do not know when that time will come. So Jesus calls us to be on the alert. He calls us to be focused. You know, and I guess as I read all of this stuff, I think about the, the huge traumas that our society is going to undergo and how easily that distracts us. And Jesus says, don't be distracted. You know, even this COVID thing. This COVID thing is an interesting thing because so many people have been distracted by it. There's people terrified. There's people angry. There's people fighting the government over it. There's people militant over it. There's people running from it. There's all kinds of stuff. This focus on COVID has taken over so much of our focus. And the calling of Jesus in the midst of these kinds of things, don't lose your focus. Don't get distracted. Stay focused on me. Expect me to come at any time. Expect me in the midst of this. Keep watch. You don't know when the owner of the house will come back. Whether in the evening or at midnight, whether the rooster crows or at dawn, if he comes suddenly, don't let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, keep watch. You know, so it, it's interesting to me as I read all this stuff um, and as we go through what we go through in our lives. Jesus calls us to keep watch for his coming. And, and I think, you know, as I think about that theme of hope, what is Jesus trying to do? He's trying to keep his people focused on him. You know, I'm reminded of Peter walking to Jesus on the water. You remember how Jesus comes walking out in the water and, Jesus, and Peter calls out from the boat, Jesus, can I come to you? Sure, come on out. Peter gets out of the boat, he walks in the water, and then he starts to get distracted by his situation and by the waves around him. And he begins to sink. And Jesus reaches out, catches him, and lifts him up and says, why did you not believe? In other words, you lost your focus on me. You kept you you quit trusting me when you lost that focus, and you begin fighting your situation in your own strength. And that is something we do not have the power to do. Keep your focus on Jesus. Keep trusting him. Keep anticipating that he will come. You know, it reminded me as I thought about that, and this whole focus on Jesus is meant to give us hope when the rest of the world is losing its hope. More than that, as the rest of the world sees us joy, joyfully focused on Jesus, who will come and rescue us, that will become a drawing point for people in the world that have lost hope and are looking for something to hope in. So it actually becomes pretty core to our witness. You know, anyway, it, it led me to another passage um, as I thought about this whole thing about hope and difficult circumstances. Uh, it's Romans chapter 5. And it says, therefore, knowing what we know, since we have been justified through faith, it means since we have been declared innocent, we've had our sins forgiven, we've trusted Jesus, we belong to God. It says, now we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. That means that God's not angry at us. We are at peace with God. He has made peace with us. Uh, in his presence, we can rest. 
And through Jesus, we have gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. As we trusted Jesus, God has opened the doors of heaven to us. He's opened the doors of his provision to us. We are now the children of God, and it says he will provide for us the grace that, that, that we have need of. What is grace? Grace, you know, some people say is unmerited favor. It's way more than that. It's the provision that we need to live in this world and to walk our walk with him. So whether you're filled with fear, grace is that provision to step that Jesus brings to step into that fear and defeat its power in your life. You know, whether you're filled with anger, I think about a friend of mine, him and I were talking today. He has struggled with anger for his whole life. And one of the things he's learning right now in his walk is how to give his anger to Jesus. And Jesus, by the power of his Holy Spirit, is defeating the anger in this man's life. Jesus is bringing to him a grace to overcome that anger that he couldn't generate on his own. Grace is the provision of God that we cannot generate for ourselves. And it's what allows us to, to move forward and, and, and continue to live. And he says, in this grace we now stand. So having trusted God and having been invited into the, our, our identity as children of God, we now stand there. It's an ongoing thing. He says, now that you've found your place in my family, don't leave. Continue to trust me. And, and it says, as we stand there, we will rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. What is the hope of the glory of God? The hope of the glory of God is that there is more to life for us than what we see here. So as things start to fall apart around us, we don't lose hope because we know that this is just the beginning and there is much more for us. Not only so, he says, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Oh, that's an interesting one. I guess the question I'd ask is, do we rejoice in our sufferings? But Paul speaks about a joy and a hope that allows us to rejoice in our sufferings. Not, not that the sufferings are there, but that we are not alone in our sufferings. We are not the ones that have to deal with the sufferings and the hardships that come to us. We are held by Christ in those places. And so he says, we can rejoice in our sufferings where everybody else, their situation overcomes them and steals their joy. We can rejoice. Lord, thank you that you have me in the midst of this struggle, in the midst of this time. I'm not alone. And he said, that suffering produces perseverance. What does that mean? It means it teaches us. That's what, actually what the times of suffering are, are about. I think that's what this time of COVID is about. We as a church have got lazy in our faith. Um... And we've sort of reworked the Christian faith to be something that's fun or a blessing for us or give stuff to us. You know what? What God is trying to do is God is allowing this time to bring us back, to teach us once again to depend on him because we have no other alternative. Will we persevere in trusting? That's what the times of suffering are about. They teach us to persevere in trusting God. And perseverance produces character. Character is that part of us. Somebody told me one time, character is what happens in a person when you learn to do what is right when nobody's looking. In other words, we learn to turn to God and trust God and follow God and obey God when there's nothing in it for us, just because we know that that's our calling. And he says that character, that perseverance of trusting in the midst of, of struggle, that produces hope. And he says, hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by his Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. 
You know, I think that's the message we want. Christ has called us. We're in a difficult situation. We don't know what's going on around us. But he says, look to me. Uh, I will give you hope. Trust me. I will give you hope. Uh, you might not see the end of the situation yet, but I have you in the midst of the situation. And his promise is that he will fill our hearts with love instead of despair. And we will know that we are held by him. And you know, ultimately at the end of all of this, on the last day, what we get to look forward to is that mighty explosion in the heavens when everything goes black for a moment. And then Jesus appears in flaming glory with great power and he sends his angels to collect us. You know, God doesn't ask us to go to heaven. He says he is going to bring us to heaven. You know, for those of us who struggle with fear and we wonder, will our faith last? I think about 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 to 25, and one of the, the wrap-up statements on that little passage is, Faithful is he who has called you, and he also will bring it to pass. He will come and he will collect us. It's not up to us to perform for him. We're just called to trust, and he will do the rest. So be blessed. Thank you for uh, this morning. And uh, may God be with you and focus your eyes on Christ. Amen.